now and then, here and there, and always at sexpotcomedy.com. It's Matt Knutson, and welcome to the Grabbing Lunch Podcast. This is episode 74. This is my lunch with the one and only Alan Havy. Now, if this is the first time you've ever listened to the show, generally speaking, what I do is I go out to lunch with uh, two other people, there's three of us hanging out at a local eatery, and I record the meal. And what I usually say is from when they drop the menu to when they drop the check. But this is a very special episode because I was recently on the road. I was performing stand-up comedy at Uh, Harris Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. I was the feature act, and the headlining act was Alan Havy. So what I did one afternoon is I walked out to the, the Las Vegas Strip. I went to the White Castle that is next to the Palace Station. I got a bag of sliders, and I brought them back to room 2134 at Harris Casino in Las Vegas. And Alan and I... Ate some sliders. We had lunch, and uh, and we just chatted it up. I'm a giant fan of Alan. I think he's just phenomenal. And uh, you, what can I say? You've seen him on uh, Mad Men. He's been on Louis Seinfeld. He used to have a talk show night after night with Alan Havy on the Comedy Channel. He's been around forever. He's um, he's a great comedian, and uh, I'm happy to to call him my friend. We really got to know each other and and hang out when we were at. Harris. So, uh, so that is this. Uh, and normally, what I do is I give a little like uh, clip to so that you know who's who sitting around the table. Although it's not necessary, I'm going to do it anyway, just because it's a grabbing lunch tradition. So, the guy who does not sound exactly like me is Alan Havy, and the guy who sounds like Alan Havy sounds like this. I called Larry David about the fourth season of Seinfeld. I was moving out. To uh, he goes, yeah, you're the last one. You're the last one out of New York. Yeah. And I said, uh, I go, you know, and I want to talk to you maybe down the line about maybe writing, you know, getting into the television. And he goes, uh. <laughs> Hilarious. And a pitch-perfect impression of Larry David. Uh, that was Alan Havy. You can actually find Alan Havy at his website. It is alanhavy.com, A-L-L-A-N-H-A-V-E-Y.com. He also has a seminar called Curtain Up for Young Actors. You can find that on his website as well. Alan Havy, I was so happy to spend time with him on a very special Grabbing Lunch Podcast. You can go to grabbinglunch.com to see pictures of my guests, listen to previous episodes, leave a comment in the blog posts. Also, subscribe to the show on iTunes, give it a five-star rating, leave a nice review. Come on. Stitcher Radio, and of course, SoundCloud. Also, if you are on the Twitterverse, at Grabbing Lunch, the Facebook group is facebook.com slash grabbinglunch. Get involved is what I am trying to say. New episodes come out every other week. Uh, This is episode 74, a very special episode with Alan Havy in room 2134 of Harris Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Let's eat. Yeah, I did a, a, an episode with Kathy Ladman and Paul Provenza, and we went to the Umami Burger on uh, you know the one that's in San Monica by Fred Siegel. By Fred Siegel. Yeah, but I couldn't find it because I was trying to get the map, you know, to show me where it was. And I was like, "This isn't a hamburger stand. This is this is ridiculous price clothing that I'll never buy." Yeah, I bought some things that are on sale. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. Should I have ordered them with no onions? No. 
but they have onions. Mm-hmm. I think they started out as like where you go after you've you know, been drinking, and then they became like hip, and now it's like oh, the sliders, so you got to get. Well, they're in the best <laughs> restaurants now. Kobe beef sliders. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't know that. Like, the restaurants serve them, mm-hmm. and the hot dogs and the little bun, the little weenies. Mm-hmm. So those are parties. Those were like 10 years ago. Yeah. Remember Crystal Burger? You ever do stuff in the South? Mm-hmm. That was like this still mm-hmm. the same. Before Crystal, there was Royal Castle, <laughs> which was the best I've ever had. Better mm-hmm. than White Castle. Wow. With birch beer, mug of birch beer. Mm-hmm. Nickel. And that's a good. Um, yeah, I was in Atlanta when I was working with some guy. And we went to um, Crystal after the, uh, you know, it wasn't even a show. It was like when I was shipping out, we had like worked on the ship all day and we were going out drinking at night. And um, we're waiting for our food and he, I'm on the other side of the, I'm in the parking lot and he's in the, in the restaurant. He pulls his pants down and like presses his bare ass against the window. Like, you know, like an adult would, you know. Yeah, it's just crazy. So right when uh, he does that, a cop like pulls up and they, you know. It, it was the guy I knew, but I was just like, come on, you got to pop this guy. So they let him off. <laughs> Don't press your button. <laughs> You're pressing your luck. Now, you want a Zevia Cola? Thank you. No, I'm, uh, I'm fine with the water on. Last night, I came up, you know, got undressed, put on my cash clothes. And I still have some turkey and cheese. Mm-hmm. Like wrap it up. I'm watching my movie. Perfect. Then I saw the salami there. I forgot I had bought it. I was like, oh, fuck. It's a miracle. It's like an 11.30 miracle. Yeah, it doesn't take much at my age to make me happy. Yeah, I went and uh, got a bottle of wine out of the like the gift shop yeah. downstairs. And he's like, no. I'm just going to sit in the window, drink a glass of wine, play the banjo, and watch the Ferris wheel go around. Yeah, that was, a, that was an all right night. Can't do that at home. It's exciting life you lead. It's, it's so true. Yeah, when you're married in Vegas, your options are pretty much pretty domestic. Right. Unless you're fucking around. Domestic, well put. Or you're going to the um, Electric Daisy Carnival, which oh, the lobby is full of them now. Are they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I don't go down there. <laughs> With furry boots. Yeah, I was never really that into a scene of any kind of scene. You know, some people you just like look at them and you know instantly. Like your thing is, oh, you're you love motorcycles. You are have the thing. You got. I was never into something enough where I could be pegged as. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you like the Smiths. You like you know you're rotten now. You're a deadhead. Cure. You're a deadhead. Yeah, I was always like t-shirt and jeans and kind of square and. I'm sure I was a lot less cool than I actually was, you know, but... What? Once you're something is cool, it's not cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but I, uh, I enjoyed that Matt King show today. Yeah, I like illusionists. Yeah. And he was really super-duper funny, you know? Yeah. And they, you know, just let me kind of walk in because I was with the band. And, uh, but I saw the kids that he brought up. There was, like, two of them. He's trying to, like, use them for his for his act, and they were volunteers, but they just wanted so much attention and wouldn't stop talking. You could tell he, he was just, kinda, like, standing there smiling and laughing. He's just like, sometimes the show goes like this, folks. And, you know, they were... But I was thinking about the parents who had to spend all their lives with that kid who he's like, hey, is there a trap door in there? And like this kid standing in this little pop-up tent and he jumps up and down on it like 25 times just to like test it. You know, it was like, oof. Yeah, they want to know. They they don't play along. Right. Oh, I saw what you did or no, it's under there. Or like, huh? No. <laughs> What'd you say in your act? You were spaz? Yeah. <laughs> but that's something else. Kids are just fucking calm the fuck down. Right. You don't need that much attention. He gave him a flashlight for the trick, and then he like started to shine it in Mac's eyes. And he's just like, come on, kid. Don't do that. That's not what I'm doing. Don't do that. I think this is number five for me. 
Have as many as you want. I, I went down to the cafeteria for yeah, breakfast this morning. Tomorrow's the first day of summer. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, no, I'd lie to you. Why <laughs> do I have you fucking snow? <laughs> Actually, it's Christmas. It's gotcha. Gotcha. You've been in Las Vegas for eight months. Gotcha. No, I guess I said really because I don't even really, you know, live in Los Angeles. It always kind of feels the same. So. Yeah, but it's a summer solstice. Right. Mm -hmm. So, maybe that'll be a good day to quit White Castle. Oh, absolutely. This is my last day with White Castle. Until <laughs> I come to Vegas next time. <laughs> then it'll be some backsliding and. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I was trying to stay in shape. Are we are we talking? Are we on the air? Oh yeah, I've been recording all of this. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we don't have to do okay. that. Yeah, there's no. Um, I don't know if I told you, it's not uh, like an interview or there's no. Really? Yeah, it's just hanging out. Just hanging out. It's like when we were in the green room last Could night. Could you work any less, Matt? No. See that? <laughs> <laughs> Could you be any fucking lazier? Most. Podcast. They have music. They have an intro. They talk right. about uh, who we're with today, which maybe you do this before this podcast. The tops and bottoms. Yes. Yeah, tops and bottoms. Mm -hmm. You lazy motherfucker. I do the tops and bottoms. <laughs> okay. To my credit, I actually say right. this is the person he's. Uh, I'm old school show yeah. business. I have to get ready to go <laughs> okay. for this interview, okay. but it's not an interview. It's, oh, okay. No. Yeah. It was like uh, uh, when we were hanging out in the green room last night, and you were just telling. Sharing stories about whatever people that you've worked with or stuff like that, or that's no. I was giving you shit about not taking me to Hoover Dam. Oh yeah, there was that's that too. That. <laughs> that was much more interesting. <laughs> Bailing out on our mandate to Hoover Dam. No, I just said if you were going on Sunday, I'd go. But you decided, fuck it. I'm yeah. going on the hottest day of the year when the ravers are coming into town. Yeah, these yeah. knuckleheads. <laughs> you know. But, you know, this is their big day. This is their Christmas and prom and all that. Yeah, they look forward to this. Like people at Burning Man or uh, Coachella. Yeah. Um, you know, people get excited about that kind of thing. There was a woman, as I went to breakfast this morning, who was having a seizure in the lobby. And it had just started to happen. She was, like, laying on the floor and, like, like, twitching. I was like, and From ecstasy or... I don't know. She was like 20, uh, two, three, four. It's like, it didn't feel like it was a medical thing. Yeah. So I like went over there. Did and she have the boots on? She had the outfit on? No, she was more like cut off denim and like wow. Chuck Taylors kind of thing. But I went over there. I used to be a lifeguard. So I said, um, does anyone here know first aid? Do you guys need help? Can anybody and get me some sand? <laughs> you got to get her on a bed of sand. I can't operate off linoleum or carpet. I need sand. Then I'm a, I'm a monster. So what? Only in my environment. Yeah. I went up throwing out of it. I got nothing. Can I get some uh, snow coat for my nose, please? <laughs> I need a pith helmet and some sand. So you went over there. Right. Seeing the hero. Well, I went over there and asked if anyone knew first aid, if they needed help. And like her boyfriend was like kind of leaning over and trying to help. He's like, she doesn't need CPR. And I was like, well, that's not... I didn't say CPR. So that's when you like press on the chest right, and blow right. and the Yeah, he didn't want you touching his woman. I guess not. She doesn't need CPR, bro. Like, what well, did she, she need? She needs something. I don't know. You know, when I came back from breakfast, uh, they had paramedics there and she was in a, a stretcher and oh, she was going to the ER, but at least she was like up and out of it. But oh, good. When you good. see someone's face and it's Yeah. Their eyes are open but they don't know that their eyes are open. It could be a, a number of things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I would as a lifeguard, right. what would you say? <laughs> Give me some sand. Man of war. <laughs> I think she has swimmer's ear. <laughs> We're out of options. It's not one of those things. <clears throat> I'm gonna do one more slide, and I think I'm. I think I'm done. Well, you know, in this heat, 120 degree heat outside, yeah. Yeah. You, can, you know, you can be the healthiest person in the world. That's true. You know. Yeah, that's true. Now I'm at. We're at 2,000 feet. Is that above sea level? Uh huh. That affects your oxygen. Mm. That's when I run on the treadmill in Santa Monica. It's only about 60 feet over sea level because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in the bluffs, like over the bluffs in Santa Monica. Yeah. Here at 2,000. I have find I get out of breath easier here. Is mm. that why 2,000 feet? Will that know. do it? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I was in um, like. Tom I know. You're a lifeguard, so you only <laughs> deal with sea level. <laughs> sea level. I don't know. What's wrong with Bob? What elevation? Uh, I can't help him. Was it zero? Because yeah. if it's, if it's if above it's, zero. If it's five feet, I can handle it. 
After after five feet, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I was in Tahoe a couple weeks ago, and that's like sixty two hundred. And like the first night or two, I was like performing, but like trying to get the line. You know, I I, yeah. I felt it. It took some time to to get used to, but yeah, I don't know. It looked like she. It looked like her whole group was. Partying pretty hard. Yeah. You know? Well, it goes from like seven at night till five in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine this ecstasy. Have you ever done ecstasy? <sighs> I did it once at some um, ravers party. Like uh, the people who go to Burning Man, mm-hmm. they don't go. They have mid-year parties, and I tried it once there, and I liked it. But was it, it wasn't, were you up? Was it a speedy? I was up and I was I was hanging out with one of my brothers. We went to the party together and I remember we really were like sitting in the little tent in the backyard and they had some lights and some stuff going. It was just really um Really? Tent, yeah. Tent in the backyard lights? That's <laughs> yeah. all it takes. Ecstasy must be one hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah. I remember, what do you do? You drop it, you sit in a tent and look at lights. You wow. look at lights and you tell your brother you love him and you're always been proud of him. That's um, about how. Is that what it took? <laughs> That's all it took. Just some dangerous illegal drugs, and I, yeah, I just got it out there. Yeah. Never done ecstasy. I, you know, there's a lot of things I get nervous about trying that I know somebody like made. You know what I mean? Like, or mm-hmm. it's like in someone's tub, and they're like, "Yeah, trust me." It's just like, and what as opposed to buying it from a stranger, <laughs> right. you know? It's like, well, I was in uh, Central America. I went and backpacked uh, like Costa Rica and Panama. For about, I was like there for like two months, but you get into these areas in Panama where it's like so close to that coke, you know, pipeline. It was easier to get like a little bag of cocaine than a joint. Right. You know? So right. people are at parties and just how crazy. old were you did that? Twenty. <clears throat> yeah. So you gotta do that backpacking stuff. Yeah. Around the world when you're young. Yeah. I don't want to do it now. No. <clears throat> Who would? I mean, some adults do that. Some adults. Don't give that up. Right. But, uh, yeah, that, you know, going to Europe on, you know, $10 and backpacking and meeting people and, you know, eating stuff out of a pot. Right. You know, in a forest. Playing your guitar in the corner for money. Yeah. 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 That's uh, definitely a young man. Mm Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Young person's game. That's what I used to do. Um, (coughs) I was telling you, um, I used to chip out and in between jobs i would go like backpack europe or central america or something like that so i'm glad i did it then but it was also like you're saying bunk beds there's like 32 bunk beds in this big kind of like military barracks or it's like some kind of hostel or you know someone's couch or you get to a certain age you just like when eh, you're young you can do that you can you do say, that. hey man i'm here and I'm, I'm in paris i'm right. in Belgium, like, you know, what the hell, man? You know, I'm in London. Right. Yeah, all I need is a place to get, like, seven, eight hours sleep, get up, you know, get a little, when I'm good for the day, get a shower. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. I used yeah. to do the, uh, the like, overnight trains because the couchette, you could, like, open up the, the little bed mm-hmm. and you, you didn't have to get a hotel room if you are going from, like, one overnight destination. You kind of wake up. But, yeah, that was... I think people, like, when they get on with their wives and get in their 30s, 40s, it's the regrets, it's the things, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. And, you know, it's, and they can't let it go, or, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, I never did this, I never did that when I was young, I should have taken a year off. And uh, I think that's what kills people. That's what, when I got into stand-up, I knew, I said, if you don't do this and just try as hard as you can mm-hmm. to make a living, you, you know, you'll regret it. Now, if you try and it doesn't, you hit the wall, it doesn't work, at least you try. Right. You know, you gave it a shot. Right. Like guys with uh, athletes, you know, they were good in college and they went as far as they could. They tried their best. And some guys come out and go, hey, I, you know, I really, uh, I wish I could have been a professional, but I'm not, as opposed to guys who go out and go, yeah, fuck. I'm angry, and they stay angry. Could have been, should have been, should have been. You know, yeah. Let that go. The could have, the the Ben brothers could have, would have, yeah. should have been. Yeah. Now, um, I was just talking to my mom last week, and that's always kind of been my like, live a life with the fewest regrets as possible. That's kind of like one of the 
mantras. So and, my, and by the way, good luck. Yeah, right. yeah. Good luck. Those because if ones. you live a life, you're going to have all, more all regrets than someone who doesn't. Yeah, it's yeah. true. I'm sorry, we go. No, no, that's it's true. And, the, and those are the things, at least for me, when you like shut the light off at night and you're like going to sleep, you say, "Oh, I can't believe I did that." You know, it could be a decade ago, but you know, when you behavior, you do a certain thing, and, and it doesn't sit right with you. It's just like. Oh. Yeah, it sucks. When when uh, when one of those things hits you in the head, whether it's a bad show or something you said in grade school or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. I just go, Jesus. <laughs> do and, you? Yeah, and my wife goes, why do you always do that? I go, honey, it's just stuff flying into my head. Yeah. And so I'm trying to think of another way to deal with it. Just I kind of breathe and right. you know, I've been meditating the last five years, so it, it kind of helps you with that stuff. Uh-huh. But, it, you know, it's like uh, this relief teacher says, the pain of losing is greater than the joy of winning. And I recently, and I saw this uh, so well put. weekend of legends. It was uh, Joe Namath and Willis, not Willis, he was there. Eric Dickerson, great running back for the Rams. ED. And, of course, the the, the great Joe Namath, <clears throat> 69 guaranteed. It. Mm-hmm. And they both said they can remember games. Forget about championship. They can remember games where they really blew it, and it stayed with them. Now, it doesn't stay with them every day, but it just float into their heads right. and sits there for a minute, you know. Right. So if they're going to have that, you know, <laughs> then, you know, it's okay, it's, right. you know. Right. I do like your, uh, Jesus, yeah. that's funny. I get called out if I'm um, being, like, exceptionally digity with my fingers. I'm, like, I'm processing something. She's like, let it go. You know? yeah, okay. Your wife will say Yeah, my wife would just say, let it go. I'm like, yeah. eh. But from so, now, oh, sometimes I'll say, geez, something will go, Fuck! You know, it just, I'd be walking down the street in New York, and I'll think about a joke I did the night before, something stupid I said in 1982. It'll just, I don't know why, just, and I'm not a negative person overall. I, right. I, 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 I like my anger and I, I, I'm in touch with it, but I'd just be walking down the street in New York and just go, you know, nice day, I'm in a good mood, and someone coming ahead, fuck! Like and nobody looks at you, nobody gets scared, they, they just. They, in New York, yeah, we understand. You, know, <laughs> you don't, need, you don't need an excuse. You don't need to explain it. We live here too. Yeah, yeah, we get we're, it. We're in the world. Oh god, that's so funny. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know. I try to. That, oh, that's what I was telling my mom. She, my dad had a stroke a few years ago, and um, so he's been. His health has been, you know, kind of up and down. Her father passed away, my grandfather, uh, last year. He was 96. And she has three, uh, two sisters and a brother. So there's three of them that still live in Denver. And she was going to fly out and spread his ashes. But then she's like, but I can't. I need to take care of your father. And I was just like, we'll take care of him. Go. If you don't go with your sisters and brother, you're going to, like, regret it for the rest of your life. So just, just go. Just go. So she... Actually, listen to me. She took my advice and uh, bought a ticket, and so it's interesting when that that worm turns. When that you the parents, you know, you become an adult and you can give advice, and your parents, uh, you know, think about it. Mm-hmm. They consider it, right. which when you were a kid they wouldn't consider. No. I mean, unless it was you know, like mommy, don't do that. That's over there, okay. But it's interesting relationship. Which I had with my parents, and they died young. Mm. My dad died in '84, age of 62. Wow. My mom died at 67. Wow. But even at that young age, and I was like 29, and then uh, 37 or 36, I think. Mm-hmm. They both passed. So I was wow. an adult, and so I was able to <clears throat> to relate to them as an adult, even though they're my parents. That will never change. Right. So I feel fortunate that I was able to just get a short window of time when. They saw me as a professional comedian. Right. Uh, I was an adult. I had, you know, a girlfriend or whatever. And mm-hmm. They were able to enjoy uh, my life, and I was able to get a perspective on how hard it had to be to raise myself and my three siblings. Mm-hmm. You know, that's cool. Yeah, it's, did, it's very, uh, very fortunate. Did really. you have the uh, Ha Channel uh, show at the time? My mom was alive. She saw that. Great. You know. I think that I was a comedy that. channel. The yeah. Comedy Channel? And then Comedy Central. Uh, yeah. Emerged. <clears throat> um, so that was a, a kick from my mom. And my dad saw me uh, on television, not on Letterman, but on this other show he had done. He saw me perform a couple of times live. So. Great. That was great. But 
as far as Mad Men goes, my dad would have been doing cartwheels, you know, that right. kind of thing. But right. You can't get greedy because I know a lot of kids that, that lost their parents at a young age. Yeah. You know, teenagers, even younger. Mm-hmm. You know, a buddy of mine lost his dad at seven. I have a, a my godson lost his dad when he was 12. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a tough age. So, God bless your dad and your mom. But, Thanks. You know. They're, they're hanging in. Yeah. And he already outlived his father by 12 years. His dad, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, out mowing the lawn, heart attack. What age? 62. Yeah. Yeah, that was a wrap. But he was like one of those guys, had the, the, the tool, you know, bench, and was always working, always doing something. Worked for uh, the telephone company. But he was out mowing the lawn. And was he a smoker? No, not that I, not that I know. So of. it was probably diet and heredity. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, stress. I'm, I'm getting, the older I get, the more interested I get in how people die. Mm-hmm. You know, we just lost a great comedian, Rick Dukeman. Yeah, I saw your post on Facebook about that. Sixty-two years old, uh, complications from diabetes. He was ill for a while. And great kids. And, yeah. Wow. From the burbs and what? What else is? Oh, uh, he. Well, we were on the same young comedian special oh, back cool. in the eighties. Wow. Um, he did, yeah, the Burbs with Tom Hanks. That's probably the best thing he's known for. He was a helicopter pilot in uh, the submarine movie with Sean Connery, now with Baldwin. Oh, uh, Hunt for Red October? Yes, he was, he was eating the candy. He was the guy eating the candy Oh, bar. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's great. Yeah, and he was very funny in that. So he's usually, uh, whatever he, he did, he did it very well. Yeah, you know? yeah, especially when you like film something and you like know it's, this will probably be here after I'm, I'm up and out, so... Oh, you know, you know I've run across him on television a lot of, you know, oh, there's Duke come in. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. it's, uh, it, fortunately, he was able to go home to Vancouver, mm-hmm. where he's from a beautiful city, and in the last five, six years, I think he was there, you know, so he was around family. And, That's a good place to be for yeah. that, right? Well, I want to die of sleepy disease. <laughs> when I'm 98, I got to feel a little sleepy, I want to lay down, Bye. That's it. Yeah. Boot. Yeah. That's the biggest fantasy I have now. <laughs> yeah, I think I would go that or um, just, I, I don't know, just drop right right on the sidewalk as you're walking. And that's like, you know when your wife picking you up on the sidewalk? Get in bed. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like, well, maybe when I'm 84 or 85, I go, you know, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's wrap this puppy up. Yeah. But, uh, that was my grandpa when he was 96. He uh, had outlived all his friends. Had, you know, he was even volunteering at the senior center where all his other friends worked. Uh, the last six months he had a cancer diagnosis and it went very quickly. But even like at the end he was almost like tapping his watch. Okay, that's, you know. Yeah, what a luxury. At yeah. 96. Right. My neighbor upstairs, 101. Wow. Still walking. Wow. Still, <laughs> I mean, he's still teaching. He was still teaching. That's amazing. Yeah, I boy, I picked his brain. Yeah, what did he say? He said it's about attitude. It's about walking. Always take the stairs. It's about have something to do in your life. Yeah. Uh, learning new things, teaching, discovering new things. He was really a force of nature. Big flirt. Oh. When he was ninety-five, we had a party, and, and there was a uh, this woman there who was very busty, and he kind of navigated toward her and was chatting her up and she was like i don't know 35 40 and you know he was just uh spitting game yeah he yeah. was on it you know <laughs> how to go i i don't think they hooked up you know i really i didn't go that far it's not those the things when you're with someone who's 100 you don't say hey did you bang that girl you know those aren't the questions you, you ask you say um how what do you eat during the day <laughs> That could have been uh, that woman's worst hookup story ever. <laughs> Just, oh, hey, Pam, tell them about the time you banged well, that guy that was 65 years older than you. 65 years older? And I, didn't have any money. I bet you, <laughs> I guarantee you, he would have banged your brains out. This guy was a force of nature. He was taking three flights of stairs a day. Wow. Wow. You know? I mean, he was moving. I'd see him in the park zipping along. Wow. And that's what I want to be. If, if you know, if I'm fortunate enough to get old, old, right? I want to be moving. I don't yeah. want to be waddling. I don't want to be shuffling. Yeah. I don't want to be slow. No. I want to be pliable. I don't want to be a burden, and I don't want to tap uh, the whatever money I'm leaving other people. I don't want to, you know, zero that out trying to fix something that's just going to keep me alive for another 
six months you leave or a year. That just like you leave nothing? You leave nothing to your, you know, you leave nothing, nothing to, your to your wife? <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, I'm saying I don't want to do that. I don't oh, want to like oh. get sick and then you like you're in the hospital yeah. for a month. And oh, it's just, I see. Yeah, that would be eight hundred thousand dollars. Just like you know, yeah. just, just I want to check out. I don't want to yeah. blow the money like. How that. much is it a day in the hospital? <laughs> I don't know. Too much, Mr. Knudsen. He went out the window. <laughs> it's like they give you an option. You just take the elevator to the roof and dive off. There's a little pile on the side. If you can't, just get next to the pile so we can just throw you on there. It's just, at the end of the day, they have somebody that cleans those people up. Yeah. No, I was in the hospital um, for that marathon thing that I was telling about. And that was, even with insurance, it was four grand, yeah. you know, something in that neighborhood for the ambulance ride and the full, you know... The specialized, oh, we got to take your... Can you just EKG. get the ambulance ride? How much is that going to cost you? <laughs> Giving me a ride back to my house. Whee! That's all I need. Yeah, they picked me up uh, uh, on 2nd in San Vicente and took me to St. John's on 20th in Santa Monica. And it was like $800. Wow, that's expensive. Yeah. You should Uber to the hospital. <laughs> should Uber. <laughs> they should have Uber Hospital. <laughs> How much is the ambulance ride? Uber ambulance. We'll get you there. You know they're doing... Uh, you said you don't want to be a burden to your wife? Is that it? No, yeah. I don't want to be a I'm burden. I'm a burden to my wife now. <laughs> so fine. she's looking forward to... I don't care. When I'm gone, it's... Right. Smooth sailing. Yeah. Just get all her uh, her her afternoons back. Oh, yeah. She, no, she... It's, that's the great thing about... Um, it's good to be in a good marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, because I know they can go south. And maybe this one can at any minute. Who knows? It happens. Right. You know, but... So far, things are good. So I feel very, very lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and you live, uh, you know, we're neighbors. I see you two, three times in the past couple few years. Yeah, I've never seen you, but, <laughs> but you've seen me. I walk. <laughs> Binoculars through the You know bushes. better than, than to, to bother me or... Oh, oh, you mean... Ever approach me yeah. in public. You just say, right. use your binoculars, your opera glasses. <laughs> Don't you know him? Yeah, but I don't want to yeah. bother. Well, you still have walk every morning at 7.30 a.m., right? Is that... You know, that's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a doppelganger. Yeah, there's a couple uh, There's a couple people that I uh, that I know on that side of town that I just... Anytime you, you see them, there's just, uh, you know... It, it doesn't feel like a neighborhood a lot of times, Los Angeles or Santa Monica in general. Yeah. So when you see someone that you actually know, most of the time it's just not faceless strangers, but, you know, people you'll probably never see again. Oh, I see. Every now and then, I'll see people I know, especially from television. Uh-huh. You know, I, I don't bother them. But you know, oh, there's a guy that uh, was in that thing. Uh-huh. And that's it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty good at spotting those people too. Yeah. My wife doesn't. You know, doesn't care. She'd have no idea. God bless her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's just a straight up civilian, which I think really helps. And she's um, shy and doesn't like to you know a lot of eyes on her so yeah, yeah. so she's that she doesn't yang. like to be the center of attention yeah 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 and I was with women that didn't mind that and we didn't always seem to gel because I don't were they actresses actresses yeah yeah, yeah. then I didn't uh, not really comfortable in that you know the actors actresses <clears throat> same thing we'll call them actors uh that's a politically correct thing to say. Actors. Um, they go one way or the other. You know, either they're shy and stuff like that, or they're always preening or, you know, you get upset over the littlest things. Mm-hmm. But I love act- actors. I dated an actress once who did not go well, did not like it. Mm. But there's a couple actresses I've met over the last, let's say, 15, 20 years. I said, well... I could spend a long holiday weekend with her and mm-hmm. get into her world, see what that's like, mm-hmm. you know. And, of course, the uh, the cool factor probably lasts about a holiday weekend, and then after that, they're just, you know, what's going on here. Right. Plus, you know, actresses, like all actors, I would say, they would walk over to their grandmothers for a part. A lot of people in uh, L.A. would just... Sacrifice anything for the right part, mm-hmm. you know. So that you got to be wary of that kind of uh, 
navigation, that kind of, that value system. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what's really important to you? Do you see it? Do you get it? Mm -hmm. You know? Did you uh, see that movie Boomerang with Steve Martin and uh, Eddie Murphy? No. It's really funny, uh, but it's about a guy who makes a movie, and uh, there's one woman who's just basically, like, throwing herself at everyone, trying to get anything that she can. And uh, from what I understand, it was based on Anne Heche and their brief relationship, and she was just... What? What? <laughs> you know, and so we kind of satirized her on screen. Oh, I saw in 1989, mm -hmm. 90, I saw Steve Martin and Anne Well, I was sitting on a bench by the Museum of Natural History, and they were walking by, I guess, coming back from the video store or something. Mm -hmm. And I saw them, I said, hmm, I wonder how long that's going to last, you know? <laughs> yeah, some people just are always on, too. Have you ever been with comedians? Oof. And you, you go out to eat with him or, you know, like you're on the road and you go to a coffee shop and the waitress comes up and they say, say hey, can't we get a smile today? It's just like, no, don't do that. Or they start hitting on him. Like, Worst. I, I don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, listen, if, if they're mildly flirtatious and the waitress enjoys it, that's one thing. But, right. if, you know, don't. Pew, pew, just shooting yeah. the finger pistols. And, yeah. You and know. They say, hey, we're comedians. And no, you, you know, fucking give up your own shit. Can I just be a guy in a coffee shop? Get in the coffee. And, and, and can you imagine a waitress gets up at five in the morning? You know, she probably has a couple kids. She's working her ass off, and some guy. Hey, I'm a comedian. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> You're in town till Sunday. Shut up. Hey, who gives a crap whether you're a comedian? That's so true. <laughs> I believe I deserve uh, some uh, d deferential treatment here. Yeah. Fuck you. I hate uh, telling civilians a lot. Not hate, but I very rarely bring it up right. in normal transactions. I just... Because it's you, you end up talking about comedy or their favorite comedians or, you know, their, yeah, they who their dad like. And, you know. I don't give a... You know, it's like, I'm just eating my <laughs> breakfast here, man. Right. You want to get a plane... Uh, we just done a show. We said, "Go, well, see that guy over there." But yeah, we're comedians. Like, don't, don't rat me out. I don't want to be in your fucking world. <laughs> like, me, 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 that, that, that. This comedian I know that uh, he says he was on a plane. A person next to him says, "What do you do?" He says, "I, uh, I go around to all the Midas muffler places and do uh, quality control. Yeah. I just drop in and do that." Oh, that must be so interesting. You know, I was always a big Carlin fan. No, I work at Midas Muffler. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, we have a muffler on the car. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it ends a conversation right there. <laughs> so what do you do? Oh, I, uh, I, I, I'm a blogger. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Enjoy your flight. Yeah. <laughs> what year was your uh, Young Comedian special? I used to watch all of those. I think 87. Mm-hmm. That's when it's 87, 88, yeah. around there. I'm surprised they're not, like, uh, trying to, with HBO, it's, you know, trying to rebrand that. Well, they, they still run it on uh, HBO comedy. <coughs> oh, do they? Things. But you mean do it again? Do yeah. the series again? Yeah. There are so many good comedians that I work with in my limited road work. Right. Which is basically Reno or Tahoe, Vegas... Occasionally, uh, Indio. The Indio show. I've done D.C. a lot. Mm -hmm. Now it's Atlantic City and the Comedy Cellar in New York, mm -hmm. in Hermosa. Mm -hmm. Between the Comedy Magic Club and the Comedy Cellar, I meet a lot of good new comedians. Some young, some not so young. And there's so many good comedians out there. Yeah. So, yeah, I think HBO would probably... I think that would be a, a hit again. I agree. Know? And it feels like there's an upswing in just the general interest of comedy and comedians. With people, like I was playing um, craps a couple nights ago, and the dealer, I told him I was here for you know for the shows, and he's like, I I watch comedy on YouTube all the time. Yeah, he's like, let me let me know, and I'll I'll subscribe to your channel, and I'll, I'll watch it. And he was very versed, and you know. Yeah, my uh, I have a nephew who's a nurse in uh, Ohio, and he was at the. Uh, he had a patient who liked comedy. He was kind of feeling down in the dumps. He goes, hey, you can check out my uncle on YouTube. And he pulled up some of my stuff and really liked it. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thing. People love comedy. Yeah. You know, people love to laugh. Yeah. And we, we get a lot of laughs all the time, so we kind of take it for granted. 
you know. But there are comedians, some of them don't laugh. They just, they don't have a sense of humor. And some of them are really good, you know. Destroy a room. Yeah, uh, you see the uh, the arms and like kind of nodding. I I, I understand. I understand what you did there. Hey, that's funny, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes I'm like that too, you know. I'll just like, oh yeah, that is funny. Or like you hear the line, you go, oh, that's great. You don't laugh because you're just kind of, you're in a different head. Right. You know. Yeah, uh, Rick Overton had this great line about uh, comedy TV writers, and he's like, the only time they laugh is when it's at a joke that they wrote at the read-through. <laughs> Don't fire me! Right. It's like, that's the biggest laugh that they have reserved. Yeah, yeah I know a lot of stand-ups that went into uh, television writing mm-hmm. at the table. Some of them did well, some of them didn't. Uh, they, some of them got fat, some of them did not, you know, but uh, that's a different skill. Mm-hmm. That's a really different skill set and discipline that I probably could do, but not as well, I think, as I do stand-up. I think it's really hard in 22, 23 minutes, whatever half hour mm-hmm. winds up to be, I'm talking about commercial network right. or cable, whatever, um, it's really hard craft mm-hmm. to do and do well. And I really have a lot of admiration for comedy writers who, you know, it's a full-time job. Yeah. And sometimes 18 hours a day, you know, mm-hmm. down to crunch time. Did you ever try and uh, staff up somewhere? No. I, I, I remember was. I called Larry David about the fourth season of Seinfeld. I was moving out to uh, He goes, yeah, you're the last one. You're the last one out of New York. Yeah. And I said, uh, I go, you know, and I want to talk to you maybe down the line about maybe writing... You know, getting into the television, and he goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't working. That I was it. I wasn't yeah. asking for a job. I just kind of right. put it out there. You know? Sure, sure. I don't what work. a great noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird way to say yes. Or, yeah, or, yeah it is. That's a weird <laughs> way to say, Alan, come on aboard. <laughs> what can we do for you? But I auditioned for the show, and he, he eventually I got on the show. Amazing. And, yeah, and worked with him, and, and Curb, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm really glad I got to uh, be on both those shows. Oh, yeah. Been huge. My two favorite comics coming up in the early 80s mm-hmm. were uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David, and both totally... Uh, different comedians, different mindsets on stage anyway. Just, mm-hmm. But I just love those guys. And the fact when they got together and did Seinfeld, I go, this is show business works. Right. You know, I, John Stewart, when I saw him as a young guy, Bill Maher, if you would have told me those guys were doing political comedy and making a great career out of it, that would have made me happy. It, mm-hmm. Good. It does work. You know, people think, oh, people don't get breaks. The way People get a lot of breaks. People get a lot of chances. Yeah. You know, um, they're either drinking or they're drugging, or they're egoing. It's 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 some toxic form, and and all the comedians I mentioned have their own egos and have their own things, but they manage to contain it and make it work mm-hmm. consistently, mm-hmm. and that's great. I, I've seen a lot of guys. I saw Nathan Lane when he was a young comic. He had a partner, and then and he did this monologue one night. It was totally different than anybody was doing as, as for at this little stand-up club, and I go. If this guy doesn't make it, this business sucks. And he did. Right. And I saw Stephen Wright. Mm-hmm. You know, I go, if this guy, he doesn't get on The Tonight Show. And he was on The Tonight Show like three months later. It's just like, it. I saw that it made sense. If you're good and you're talented and you work at it and you work and persevere mm-hmm. and get lucky, get some lucky breaks, you'll be fine. Yeah. You may not be a huge star, but you will work. You know? Yeah. It does work. That's what I say to like if anyone ever like reaches out and like wants to like get advice in any way. I, I just say go to the place where it's happening and be good company. Go yep. to the club, show you know that you're a good guy, team player, all that other stuff. You know, and you don't have to be you know, you just have to be nice. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't have to be because uh, stand up is not a team thing. No, on stage, but off stage it is. We're my philosophy about comedians, we're out for ourselves, but we're in it together, you know? Wow. That, that's my that's whole, amazing. That's my whole take on, on, on the business. Yeah. So don't forget that. We know you're out for yourself, but you're in it with other guys, too. Right. And 
Most people get that. They're going to be on the back wall when you get off, and you, you know. Yeah. That's my favorite part about <clears throat> about doing it. You just get to hang out, spend time with people. It is very social. You could go to any city and go to where a comedy show is happening and kind of matriculate however you could. And that's not, you know, if you're like a traveling salesman, you're not, there's not a place where salesmen hang out. You can become well, I part of the scene. Well, you probably find out where salesmen go to eat. And from out of town, what are you guys selling? And <laughs> salesmen talk. I'm sure there is. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like car salesmen or stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a convention. Hey, look, yeah, what's happening? Arizona is really hot this year. Really? Uh, you got anything opening down there? You know? <laughs> Who were the guys that did um, Grey Gardens, the original Grey Gardens? Did you ever see that? Yeah. Uh, uh, Albert Mayus. The, the Mayus brothers. brothers. Yeah. They did. They a, did Salesman, too. Right. And they Bible. were selling Bibles. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> that was so great. When I, went to, I, I shot something in Vancouver uh-huh. where they needed me four or five days out of three weeks. Mm. So I was up there a long time. I had... It's a comedy club down the street. Get on Facebook. But yuck, yucks. Pete Johansson. No, it was a, a comedy mix. Mm-hmm. Turned out to be the best club in Vancouver. Cool. So I went down there. Pete Johansson sent me up on Facebook. He, you know, emailed the guy or whatever, and the guy put me up. And then I met other comedians. They knew me from past work, comedy work, and they knew me from Mad Men. And so uh, by like in a matter of three or four days, I worked all these rooms and met all these great comics, really good comics up there. So. That was that was fun. Actors can't do that. No. You know, uh, actors will go to a town and, you know, they'll have their actor buddies or they might know someone, but they're right. basically, they can't go down the street to another world and then enter that world and be a part of it and then go back and do their acting. Right. You know? So that's what I love about stand-up. Me too. It's a community. What did you say? You're in it for yourself, but we're all in it together? Yeah. We're out for ourselves, but we're in it together. Oof. Amazing. Sage, sage wisdom. Yeah. That'll be in marble someday, but I'll be long gone. <laughs> Died of sleepiness. What did he say? I don't know. Just put something. <laughs> Just put something. Uh, he's out for himself and fuck everybody. That's what he said. <laughs> Screw all the other Titties. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's one word I hate. Titties? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, the only reason I said that is because uh, about two hours ago, there was a guy walking around the casino. Is there, is there another burger? Of course. <clears throat> and he had um, he had a hat. Sure. Of course. Yes, I'm so full. He had a hat on that it was spelled in the Titleist font of golf. Yeah. But it said titties. Yeah. <laughs> but to his credit, he was a class act. So. How was he a class act? I'm <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. See, I didn't get the joke. <laughs> I didn't He's see like, the joke oh, coming. I see that hat. I want it to represent my sense of humor to strangers. That's really what that is. A hat like yeah, that or, or a t-shirt. How, how, or... Yeah, how clever is this? They see that hat and they go, gotta have that. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have. It looks like Titleist, but it looks, it's really titties. Whoa. You know, it's like that scene in uh, Barton Fink. Right. With the John Goodman characters in the hotel room. And he's talking to uh, John Turturro. And he just lifts up his tie. And on the back is like a scantily clad woman. And he went, ouch. <laughs> and put it back down. It was those little moments where you know exactly who that guy is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have the tie. Gotta have the titty shirt. Ugh. There was a lawyer one time who said, you know what's great about fake breasts? What, if you get a flat tire, she can hold the, t- the car up with her fake breasts. And I just looked at the guy and go, oh, yeah, yeah. And he laughed like it was a joke. He goes, you don't get it. I go, no. I but I, I know who you are now. <laughs> and this is a very successful lawyer. I go, I got it. Right. I got who you are. He, oh, you don't get it. No, no. I, I, I do get it. I do get it. Oh, that's so funny. By the way, most of civilization has moved past that. Most, at a certain age, a man... <laughs> If you're 15, that's right. very funny. Very funny. If you're 35, no. Not as no. funny. Uh-uh. If you invert the numbers in 15 and you're still mm-hmm. telling the same jokes and you're, ah, titties. It'll hold up your car. No, I don't. I don't know. 
who was that guy in the uh, after the show? Was it last night or the night before? Who was like very complimentary, and he's like, "I'm a, I do comedy too. I'm a comedian." And, oh, did I didn't see that guy? Yeah, um, he was talking to us after the after the show, and he was. I think I heard him say something like, "That's what she said," or something to his friends outside. I'm like, oh, that's that's what she said. What do you mean? You know that joke like that's what she said. It's just like, oh, I, 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 this is so heavy. I need help picking it up. Oh, that's what she said. Oh it's yeah, that, it's the Steve Carell. It's the Office and like, uh, with, uh, said the bishop to the actress or whatever. You know right. that kind of thing. Yeah. Right, right. What about the guy? I think it was the second night. Yeah. There was an Englishman in the show. Yeah. And I was having fun with him, and then afterwards. That guy came up, started doing that English accent. He goes, "Well, uh, give me a fag. What? Uh, what do you mean? No, a cigarette's a fag." But he was doing this whole and just kind of doing a bit for us. And we just sat there looking at him. And he just went, "Uh." uh. And then he went, "Oh, okay. Well, I did get it. It was like get it." And then he walked away. <laughs> that was. He, I he think did, that was a guy. Yeah, that was the same guy. It was the same guy. Yeah. I did comedy too. I'm like, yeah. No, you don't. Because <laughs> what you do at work. It's not comedy. You're just annoying people. <laughs> have you found a way to monetize that? Because if you have, you are, yeah, you're making a killing. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I have a friend who does, um, it's not Teletubbies, but it's, she's, she's really great, but she's on this Nickelodeon show, and it's just for kids, and they'll do, it's like something, like Kid Rock, or, I don't remember the name of it, but they'll do... The, the series and then they'll do these live tours and they'll just do the meet and greets afterwards but the meet and greets are like with five year old girls that are just like I like flowers and you're like that's great she's like she's very grateful but she says that's <laughs> she's getting a paycheck part, she's getting yeah. a paycheck it's the hardest part of the job going after the show and just yeah. ah you know yeah, yeah well, fun energy fortunately due to the terms of my parole I'm not allowed near children so <laughs> It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> 18 and over, please. Yes. Yeah, well, I listen, you're flipping the channels. You see someone in the, in the dopiest sitcom, whatever right. you think. Oh, good for them. They're getting a check. They're getting a, they're getting a paycheck. Yeah, they they are, want to work. Right. They are not using their back to win bread. That is not how it works. No. Thank God. Uh, well... This is great. Oh, yeah, it's over. I mean, you we can go it? on as long as we want. We were two guys just two shooting, the shit. shooting the shit over White Castle. Yeah, that's kind of it. This is, this is basically what we do when we're not doing stand up. It's yeah. true, and you know, not all day, right? But uh, this is you know. Uh, listen, thanks for having me on, man. Oh, amazing! Great working with you. Great to get to know you. Thanks, Alan. I feel the same You're way. In my neighborhood, you see me walking on the street. <laughs> I don't, do not approach. Don't approach. <laughs> don't fucking talk to me. I've got my own thing going on. I'm out for myself when I'm out there. Right. When I'm working with you, we're in it together. But when I'm out in the world, walking down Montana Avenue, right. I'm that's me alone. Right. Don't, yeah. don't come near me. We were doing a show at the Comedy Magic Club, and I think you were saying, like, there are a lot of, like, beach people in there, and you're like, yeah, the beach is out there. In here, it's show business. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> you I, said that. I don't remember that. It was hilarious. Some guy was probably going, hey, yo, dude. No, that, that, that works on the pier. Right. Fuckhead. And even then, it it doesn't really work. No. It's a fag. Give me a fag. It's a, I do comedy, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get it. A fag is a cigarette. Got it. Got it. Didn't know that. <laughs> uh, well, you had mentioned your um, YouTube channel. Is it just slash? No, Alan I don't Hager? have a YouTube channel. Oh, you just have clips it's out up? there on YouTube. I don't know. I don't know who does that crap. I got you. I'm not going to spend time. <laughs> I can't. I can't look. I don't like to watch myself. Mm -hmm. You know, um, more than once, really. Right. You know. Years ago, I was right before I did my last Letterman, I think, uh -huh. I was uh, packing or doing something, and my HBO special from 1990 came on. So I kind of watched that, like back, and I could see, wow, I, Carson was a big influence on me, Johnny Carson. How so? It just my delivery. I didn't move the mic. It was at that period. I was just kind of, I could just see a little bit, of, and my dad, of course, and you know, was a great storyteller. Mm. But, uh, uh, you know, if I run across something, I might watch it. But believe me, I don't think I've old tapes. 
and show them to tough. people. Yeah, it's tough. Especially like you, because uh, I tape the sets and we'll listen back and, you know, just to try and write and rewrite stuff. Mm-hmm. But if it's like more than five years old, it probably will make you like, you know, because hopefully you've developed and you have other stuff and you've relaxed a little bit more. My debut uh, on the Late Late Show, <clears throat> I never took the microphone out of the stand. I like hit a stand because I was so used to just doing it that way. And so I, I can see it now, like the microphone's like in my face and I'm just, you know, almost kind of hiding behind it. Yeah, the great film director, was okay, but William Wellman said mm-hmm. it. He can't watch his old movies. And he did it back in the silent day up until, I think, the 50s or 60s. And he couldn't watch uh, his stuff because there's always a way to do it better. He should have done that, you know. Any artist worth their salt. Right. Well, New technology. Old work and say, well, it's okay. It's, right. You know. Right. And then you don't want to be the one that's like the glory days. Like, oh, yeah, this was, oh, that was really. Buried. And then you ride, ride that your, your yeah. whole thing, you know. Yeah, after I ended that talk show, my goal was to just bury it. Mm-hmm. Bury it under more work. You know, if you're leaving a, a... If you're lucky enough to get a sitcom or a drama or have a long run in something, that's great. But the best thing you can do is, you know, after the bucket refills, just bury that work. Mm-hmm. Bury it. That's great under advice. Yeah. Yeah. Help me. But then there was a skit I did in 1975 <laughs> in college... Yeah, you don't want to peak in high school or college. Even if you're doing well, good for you, but right. no, you want to you want to peak right before you go out. Amen. Yeah, you want to have I always say this, but I I believe the best days are ahead, you know. That's my that's my saying, man. Yeah. Best days are ahead of me. Mhm. You know. Once I started getting that done in my head, that's right. Just keep going and it and it turned out to be true. Mm-hmm. I said that to me at forty four, it was sixteen years ago. I'm sixty years old now. Yeah. And my best days uh are the last two, three years. Awesome. You know? Do you know Jeff Doucette? It's uh, I'll show you a picture when we uh but don't he's show me pictures of no I'll, and, and they won't be of Jeff. <laughs> That's be completely different. I don't want to see pictures. You know Jeff? No. No. I see a picture of him? Not really. No, not really. Someone I, a friend of mine got married, well this waitress I knew in the comedy cellar came out here and she got married, I didn't hear about it. Someone was back uh in New York, a waitress said, Oh, um, you know, uh so and so got married. You wanna see pictures of the wedding? No. I know. <laughs> I'm glad she got married. I can imagine her in a white dress. You know. Right. No, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Jeff Doucette's like a, a character guy, been around for years and years and years. And he, just in the past, he's probably mid-60s, early 60s. He said the past five years has been so great because he said friends that like, have retired and moved on to other things. And so the pool just gets smaller and smaller. And he's on these people's lists, like, oh, we need this, and, you know. I think he's playing Ben Franklin in two different commercials simultaneously. That's great. Right now, yeah. yeah. So, Jeff Doucette. Okay, uh, I'm just going to hit stop. Do you have, a, like, a, a website or... AlanHavey.com. AlanHavey.com. Or if you're in college, I have a seminar for college kids who are in theater departments. Oh, that's cool. Great I didn't advice. know that. It's called Curtain Up. Curtain Up, uh, CurtainUpSeminar.com. CurtainUpSeminar.com. Yeah, if you're in college and you're, you want you have a theater class or performing arts class and you want a veteran to come in and talk to you, it's a seminar I developed where it's not to make us, you into a star because I would have done that you know, right, right. a long time ago if I knew right. what I was doing. But it's just great advice. I, I canvassed a lot of people who are now making a living. I said, what worked for you those first two years out of college and what worked against you? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of bring up both those uh, categories and kind of deliver, I think, good advice. That's great. I mean, especially, too, like, at that time coming out, you don't have a lot of time, you don't have a lot, we don't have a lot of money, and there's only a small window where you're going to be this one thing, and then you move on to the next thing. Right. Ingenue, what have you. But that's great. CurtainUpSeminar.com. CurtainUpSeminar.com. Okay. Thanks, Alan. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. And just like that, episode 74 of the Grabbing Lunch podcast is in the can. Full disclosure, I do not have a can. Thank you so much to Alan Havey. Make sure and check out his website, alanhavey.com, A-L-L-A-N-H-A-V-E-Y, alanhavey.com. Also, hey, go to mattknutson.com if you're feeling 
as saucy. I, that's a terrible word to say, but it's MattKenewson.com, GrabbingLunch.com. New episodes come out every other Friday, so thank you for being a part of the, the show. If you would like to recommend a guest or just want to reach out to me, shoot me an email. It is GrabbingLunch at gmail.com. I get all your emails, and I love to hear from you and, uh, and connect and hear where you're listening from and uh, who some of your favorite guests have been so far. That is GrabbingLunch at gmail.com. Okay, thank you so much for the support. Uh, it means a lot. And in the immortal words of Russell Simmons, thank you all for coming. God bless. Good night. This has been a sex pot comedy joint. Collaborative, community-driven comedy produced by Andy Jewett and Kayvon Kalibari. Headquartered in Denver, Colorado, with technical support from Isaac Miller. 